Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago, and join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello, I'm not the host, but I'm still pretty important. That's that's accurate. Also joining us, Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. I'm the middle child of importance. <laughs> <laughs> so joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Crestview Church, Lee Younger. Does that mean that you're like stereotypically the peacemaker of our group? Well, I'm just kind of lost. Pretty much in the not mix. that. <laughs> Definitely not that. <laughs> yeah, that's that doesn't fit at all. Yes, I am the peacemaker of the group. Let's go with that. It's one. Definitely that aspect of middle child, and not the occasional outburst for attention that Jed exhibits on the show. Yeah, when things are going wrong, we can always count on Jed to say, "Hey guys, let's be reasonable." Sure. Let's all calm down. <laughs> let's not go too far down this rabbit hole of inappropriateness. Yeah. Jed, fuel to the fire. Brewer. It's getting a little negative in here, guys. Sure. Let's keep it positive. If you want a prime example of that, you can see our last episode where Jed spun it out to puppet sexual instructional videos. Look, yeah. the people want to hear from Professor Pleasure. That, I think, is... We we know that to be true. There is demand. We're just trying to give the marketplace what it's insisted upon. You're welcome, marketplace. Just it's the invisible hand of the market. Just by that's the up sti- the puppet. That's up the puppet. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> oh no! Just by the statistics of the way things work, pretty much every episode is somebody's first episode. Yeah, and uh, also their last. Yeah, most likely within the first minute and a half, you get people want to hear from Professor Pleasure. That seems odd, and like a callback to something I wouldn't have. And then the hand up the well. I'm gonna go see what other. I'm gonna see what Mark Driscoll's offering in the old podcast. Matt, arena. that doesn't have to be dirty. You're making it dirty. Glenn, the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure, and that's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, Matt. <laughs> The Bible. <laughs> Led to believe the Bible's good. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I declare an emergency. An emergency? What? what? There's an emergency. Tell us more. We're still shocked 82 episodes in. Yes. Here's what happens now. Look, uh, we all knew this day was coming. Um, I'm- Are you going to tell us we're adopted? <laughs> <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> Uh, this is this is a thing we're putting a podcast out there. People are digging it, sure. and what happens is we're getting those sweet, sweet, sweet podcast numbers, sure, rolling in totally. And it's not like we're trying to be known and famous; it just happens. Look, if you people insist that we be famous and amazing, right? I mean, who are we to say no? We can't. We can't stop it. We are reluctantly amazing. Right. That's exactly like a lot of celebrities out there. They don't have publicists that they're paying no. you know, to make them famous. No. They're reluctantly famous. No, exactly. We're, we're in protest of our own outrageous fame. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So here's what happened. Uh, we're uh, going along just doing our thing, me and the, me and the fellas here. And we were accosted. Yes. Dark alleyway, flickering overhead light. Yeah. We're like trying, you know, we're trying, sometimes we're just trying to live our lives. Sure, man. Be at peace with all men. We're trying to have a private life. Sure. Where we do our thing. And what happens is uh, we were, we we had, uh, 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 we were accosted. Yes. By a Say That fan. You guys know the backstory of Bruce Wayne. You know where this is going. Exactly. So, um, 
So what happens is you <laughs> murdered the say that fan's parents. I don't get what you're. The you reverse. were dropped in a vat of acid. <laughs> Your DNA got mixed in with some plants, and now you wear very skimpy green clothing. I don't. Exactly. That one's totally Which one true. That's, that's disturbing. But what happens is we're just trying to live our little private lives and whatnot. What happens is uh, this this young gal comes up and she starts just going nuts, you know. She's like, I listen to the podcast. I like your blog. And we're like, you know what? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Easy with your respectable bringing this up after we've done the thing you know, at the perfect time. Don't confuse the art with, with the, the artist. Sure. See what I'm saying? On stage, you're Zeus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you can't. You can't. They've now gotten uh, into referencing things even I don't get. It's <laughs> yes, a very special no. moment. You, yeah. But this is what I'm saying is... uh. Sometimes we just want to be left alone, don't we, Jed? Yes. I do not want people that enjoy the things we do to tell us that they enjoy them. We're just trying leave to... Leave a review. We're just, leave a review. Leave a review. <laughs> We're just trying to be regular people, you know what I mean? Yeah, just trying man. to have our own lives. And and the, this woman, her name is Leah. At Wheaton. Woo. At Wheaton College. We, we invited her and many of her classmates to come help us at the bridge. Yeah, they, they came to help us. We had they a did a fine of, job. There were way too many of them, but they did a fine job. They, they were lovely. They were lovely. They did an awesome job. They're good people. And we, so we were all relaxed over sure. the kicking it. And then what happened? Boom. Just like uh, it, it was like one of those paparazzi moments. Yeah. But there wasn't any, I mean, there wasn't any paparazzi but they were totally invading your privacy, man. Yeah, man. By which you had uh, started off the orientation we do with Wheaton folks by, there's no bad time to ask a question. Feel free to grab me. And she waited until the very end of the service when you were done and you yeah. had got up to her and said, how did you enjoy yourself? And she said, I like the podcast and the blog, just so I'll let you know. That's, that's the accosting you're talking about? Yeah, and I was like, whoa. Okay. Well, back it up. Whoa. Yeah. Let's take it easy. Yeah. So let's just keep going with the emergency. So the nice young lady said she enjoyed your thing. You put on sunglasses and told her no pictures. Right. By which I mean said, you're a podcast fan. We should get a picture. Grace, take a picture. Well, it it did go something like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm just tired of people taking my picture, man. I just want to live my own private life. Sure. Of course. You know. That's why you wear that fedora everywhere. Well, that and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, you got style. <laughs> style for miles. But now, when you summarized your whole experience, though, you you, know, you had a chance to think about it, you know, kind of processing. Yeah. And, and you, you felt like that was really, you know, kind of, you know, a, a key moment in you fangirling. That's yeah, what that's, you were doing there. Yeah, I tweeted later that, uh, you know, I, I met her and she's a f- big fan of the podcast and I was I was totally fangirling. Yeah, that's what you You know, you for were... someone who spends a whole lot of time on Tumblr, it seems like you don't know what that word means. Well, um... No, he knows what that word means, Matt. He's using it correctly. He was fangirling. Yeah, it's like when, you know, someone's a fan of what you're doing and you're receiving their fandom, you say, wow... I'm totally fangirling. That is exactly off of what you're doing right now. That's exactly what that word. Because when she, because when she met us, she said, "I'm fangirling," 
right now, and I said, I'm fangirling too. Yes. You feel that it's a reciprocal process. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because I didn't want her to feel left out. I'm like, oh, I'm fangirling too. Totally. You're not the only one that's fangirling here. Sure. I didn't know what it really meant, but so I kind of got it from you the You trans like all, all those blogs that say, oh, we're... You know, gal writes, oh, I'm a total Doctor Who fangirl. You assume that means that Doctor Who enjoys their work well, sure, and they appreciate clearly. that exchange well, I mean, of ideas. I, I well, he'd he, be kind of a jerk if he didn't. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I know he's busy with his medical practice, but when he's got some free time, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you, you ain't, you, you know, he's like the, that uh, Dr. Oz, same difference. Sure. You know? sure. I mean, Dr. What, Oz, Dr. Who, Dr. Phil. Yeah, you, know, you got time. Sure. You can fangirl anytime you want. Sure. <laughs> So, Spontaneous fangirling? Yeah. So, I, hey, if I'm fangirling, anybody can fangirl. Absolutely right. That's my perspective. Well, well, I think there's another aspect of this emergency that needs to be addressed, and that's that, <laughs> as I think Jed mentioned, this young gal and her 40 friends that she brought to the bridge, which is like way more white people than we're trying to have at the bridge, but yeah. they did a great job. We're from Wheaton College. Now, yes. long-time listeners of the podcast may remember we have a bit of a checkered history with Wheaton College. Yes, we we did a live, uh, live Say That podcast recording at wheaton and it was under a red flag we had been red flag dude Indeed. we were totally, for raucousness we, we we gave them a description of what we were doing there and we included the term raucous humor and they red flagged us they they red flagged us yeah and then they were there was doing an eight paragraph email about some concerns <laughs> that's true and they started investigating, and we didn't know they were investigating. We didn't even know what yeah. was happening. It was double deca secret. Double investigation. secret. Yeah, double Everybody secret. Everybody enjoys 70s references. And so we did the podcast anyway, not knowing that we had not been approved. Unauthorized podcasting. But I think in our favor, it is true that we did have... One of the audience members on stage next to us with an actual red flag sure. that he waved anytime something raucous happened. Sure, right. So I think, in my mind, that's covered. Right. But I think, to in in Wheaton College's mind, maybe a little who knows what. Sure. But this is what uh, the the other bizarre thing that happened is Wheaton is totally fangirling. Yes. Because I tweeted on the tweet machine about how. I was fangirling because she said, Leah said, I'm fangirling. I said, Me too. Right back at Me you. Me too. Right back at you. And then I tweeted that, and Wheaton College, for reasons that cannot be explained to me, retweeted my tweet about how I was fangirling. It's the official Wheaton College Twitter. And yeah, exactly. So. Um, they they were totally supportive of me being a fangirl, and I think that's awesome. So you feel this great. may mark a, a momentous kind of reparation of the relationship between Uncle Glenn Industries and Wheaton College. I think uh, I think we're we're getting somewhere. You're walking the path to peace and that's what counts. That's what counts. Yeah. 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 So I, I feel like uh and, and you were the bigger man by taking the first step. Exactly. By right. admitting sure. your state of fangirling. Right. You know, you began that journey to right. peace. And they, f they built a bridge. Exactly right. They built a bridge there. A bridge to freedom. A totally bridge a bridge to freedom. But I think the main point we're trying to, to share with people is, you know, we're just we're just like you. Yeah, man. You know, we if you can't just you know mob us. No, you can't just you know because sometimes you can't just mob us with your one person having polite conversation. <laughs> so we on a subject that Glenn broached. <laughs> 
We can't have that. I mean, it's just too much. You know, sometimes is you know. Look, people of the internet, don't be impressed by us right. and want to talk to us in person right. should you see us. Right. Especially if one of us comes up to you and says, how are you doing? How did yeah. you learn about us? Don't answer that question with your truth Look, we're your used pleasantness. To, we're used to people being mildly creeped out by us. Yes. It's really the but, only proper reaction. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's just like, whoa. Whoa. Easy. Yeah. You know, what, yeah. what are we doing here? Right. You know, I'm just trying to live my life, man. Absolutely. So, you know, that's I think that's the message we're trying to send. I, I think it's healthy. I think that's We good. want you to love the podcast. But just take it easy. Yeah. Sure. Control yourself. Respect Control. the podcaster. Exactly. Yeah. Terry, you feel good about what we've done here? I feel I want to declare a fangirl emergency off. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you a little a little note about this story where it really went next level for me is Glenn, after he had approached Leah, open conversation with her, and then yeah. accosted her for responding politely, you know, and yeah. fangirl, the fangirling had begun. Uh-huh. I walked up and he said, "Yeah." He yelled at me across the room and said, "You gotta, you gotta come meet Leah. She's you know, right. podcast fan." I said, "Oh, that's that's terrific." Unfortunately, I wish I'd have known. I'd have brought you a T-shirt. We have T-shirts left. Yes. And she said she went into her little bag and said, "Oh, I've got a T-shirt." That's, oh yeah. That's how cool Which Leah is, is. Next level. Well, the super cool thing about that is that means Bridgebox subscriber. That's exactly Woo! right. The only way you can get one of those T-shirts. So, if you want to be next level cool like Leah, and you do. And you do. Listen up, other Wheaton people who are there. Again, listen you did a fine up. job, but everyone who's not Leah could stand to really kick it up a notch in the cool department. Well, and I think what's happening is everyone is looking at that situation like, how can I be like Leah? Sure. I, well, there's t- there's two Say That t-shirts we know of on the Wheaton campus. That'd be Leah and the oft-mentioned intern Grace. Yes, and we've all met a lot of people from Wheaton, and we can we can all agree that that's the coolness bar. Totally. Yes, yes. Grace is the coolest person, perhaps, to ever walk around in Wheaton College. So sure. yes, so yeah. Every, and, 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 if, and Leah's well on her way. So if you want to oh, yeah. have that kind of marker of coolness, yeah, you want some sweet, sweet say that merch. Right. Just that air of you know what you're doing. Yeah. You got to go to Bridgebox. Got to. Got to do it. Get lots of cool stuff. You get, you'll have smart ideas that you'll steal from Glenn and present as your own. <laughs> and as someone great. who does that a whole lot, it feels good. Feels yeah. Good. It's a, you yes. listen to the sermon and say, well, I have thoughts on temptation now. Yes, yes. So you do that. You get some Bible studies. You get our, We have a new segment that's been going for a couple months we really enjoy called Living It Out. Our uh, part-time staff people, Pete and Tosh, have some little exercises one for every week of the bridge box you can actually apply some stuff to your life lots of cool songs videos all sorts of good stuff that's only eight dollars a month and all that money goes to us doing ministry right here toward the bridge folks on the street folks in the jailhouse never going to get more for eight dollars than that it does ministry for other people it ministers to you so that's missionusa.com slash bridge box all right, our first question comes in to us from, I believe this is our first ever WordPress question. Woo! Very WordPress. Fancy. Comes yeah. in from uh, Matt Withrow at elevatestudentblog.wordpress.com. Wow. What's up, Matt? Catchy. He says, what advice do you have about blogging? I want my blog to be a way God can use me to reach people. Do you have any 
advice on how to do that. Jed, can you start us off? Sure thing. Bro, thanks very much for your question. Really appreciate you listening and, and writing in. I'm going to give you some fairly general stuff. And, and by the end, Glenn, as you may know, as a podcast listener, is very popular. Oh, wow. I mean, significantly popular. little preview. We saved the most popular for last. You, you mean uh, my blog is popular? Well, your blog, but really everything you do. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I miss, I miss your smell, Glenn. I, All right. I, I answer the question. Musk. No, answer the question. <laughs> All right. So. Don't, I, do you have to creep the people out before you help them every time? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's, you know, that's how I center myself. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. Okay. Well, Matt, I'm going to start off uh, by ripping off Lee Younger. Um, in saying that anything in ministry, but particularly anything in ministry media, which includes having a blog, the first question you have to answer for yourself is, do I want to be a celebrity or do I want to be a servant? Hello. Woo. That's that's the key question, and that's going to um, uh, uh, inform every subsequent decision that you make, is do I want to be a servant or do I want to be a celebrity? Now, you probably know already that the right answer, the, the, the Jesus-y answer, is to be a servant. But right. if we want to be fair about it, the truth is that I bet when you look around at Christian culture, I think you see a lot of people that are trying to be celebrities. Um, and so it can get confusing because you got a lot of people where, if we're honest, the, the goal is just for them to be cool and for you to think that they're cool, and here are their cool thoughts on things and whatnot. And, you know, they, they say Jesus a lot, so that must make it good, and, and couldn't I go do that? Well, you could try, but I can tell you two things about trying to be a celebrity, and particularly a Christian celebrity. Number one, there's a million people trying to do that, and just the odds are you're not going to make it work, just because that's how odds The work. ones trying to do that have no interest in helping you try to do that. Yes, but here's the other thing about it, is even if you got it, you wouldn't like it. Um, celebrity on its own doesn't, doesn't do anything. You know, I I remember, um, years ago I I was playing, I played in a band in college, like everyone else in the universe. And we did a a little bit of, of regional touring and we were playing a show in Toledo. Uh, and that's how, you know, you've made it. Yes. Is when you're, uh, gigging into Toledo, Ohio. That's the good stuff. (laughs) And there was a dude, there was a sweet guy, but he had heard our record and, I mean, he was, to him, he was meeting somebody famous okay. when he met us. I mean, he was just kind of, whoa, you guys are <laughs> guys are pretty awesome, you know. And I, I got to be honest with you, Matt, it was, it was just kind of weird and kind of creepy and like, oh, let's yeah. not do that anymore. Right. That's, that, yeah. that ain't it. Now, there's a lot of people trying really hard to get that, and I'm just telling right. you, when you get there, it's not something you want. So let's put aside the celebrity thing for a second and ask, how do we be a servant? I think if you start asking, how can I be a servant to people, you'll find the sky's the limit. There's a million ways to do that. There's a million cool things that you can do. I'd like to suggest, before I throw it to these other brothers, there's a couple of things that you can do to get started on the journey of serving people through your blog. The first thing is read other people's blogs. Yeah. The, the people that you're interested in serving, and maybe those are teenagers, maybe they're high school students, maybe they're college students, maybe they're older. Um, you're on WordPress, and, and that tends to skew a bit older. So, you know, maybe it's people in their late 20s or their 30s or even their 40s. But read their blogs. You know, in, in many ways, uh, uh, people's blogs are kind of an open diary to the world. It's, it's interesting to live in a time where you can read so many honest confessionals of people you don't know 
know. And the thing is, if you want to do ministry, if you want to serve people, you got to know where your people are at. You have to know what they're up against. What are they struggling yeah. with? What are they dealing with? And since they're putting all that in their blogs, you can just go read them. And, and that's what we do. Um, yeah. uh, if you hear us say something that sounds smart and insightful, we didn't dream that up. We've gone and, and seen what people are dealing with and what they're up against. We've thought right. about it, and we've prayed about it. Yeah. So that's thing one is go read other people's blogs. Thing two I'd encourage you to do is to ask the Lord to give you a burden for something specific. Maybe that's a particular struggle that people are having. You know, Maybe it's folks in the transgendered community. Right. Uh, and, and you want to be a place where people who are struggling with sexual identity can come and be loved on and encouraged. Uh, maybe it's a specific demographic of people. You know, maybe it's it's folks that are uh, expatriates. They're from one place, but they're living abroad, and they and they feel lonely. And you want to be you know a place that's encouragement for them. But ask the Lord to give you a burden for for some particular targeted group, and then keep reading. And I bet if you'll be asking the Lord for that burden and looking at other people's blogs, you're going to start to see that burden starting to ring inside of you. You're going to start to see things that, that really leap out to you, a pattern of, you know, man, I want to say something about that. I want to do something for that. And when you get that, you got to do one more thing, which is get feedback. So let's say for a second that you decided, yeah. you know, I just feel a burden to have something helpful to say for folks in the transgender community. That's great. We really need that. And people listening to this podcast, someone really needs to do that. So mm -hmm. uh, ask the Lord if it's you. But um, you're, as you start, you're not going to have any idea what to say to people in the transgender right. community. That's okay. You've never done this before. Start out by telling them you love them, by telling them that God loves them. Earn the right to be heard in their life. Communicate mm -hmm. that love. And then ask questions. Say, how can I help? What what are you concerned about? What's weighing on you? What's wearing you down? What's what's keeping you up at night? Because it may not be the things you think it is. Um, again, the, the thing that we do, whether we're behind bars or working people online, is to ask questions. What are you dealing with? What's what's really getting at you? What's really messing with your head? And if you'll if right. you'll keep doing that, read what they say, ask the Lord for a burden. Earn the right to be heard by communicating love, and then get feedback from people. Ask questions. You will have an amazing blog that serves people incredibly effectively. Absolutely. Lee? I think that one thing that, which first of all, I, I love everything that Jed said on that, and I agree with it 100%. One thing that, that sometimes trips people up in, in ministry stuff is that they think if something's new or something's different, then it probably has an entirely different set of ministry principles or ministry rules. Yeah. Mm. And the the general principle, the, 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 the thing that I'd like to say on that is it doesn't. All the same basic ministry principles that are true in ministry A are, are still, they still apply in uh, ministry B. If you come up with some kind of ministry that nobody's ever done before, the same old, true, vanilla, tried and true, everybody's been doing it forever that's really doing missions and outreach and ministry, the things that they, the principles that they had in place will work for you. Um, one example of this is that uh, one question we get asked a lot uh, as guys in ministry is, particularly from young people, is what kind of a church should I go to? How can you know that a church is like a good church? And one of the things that I love to say on that, and I stole this from my pastor, is 
that a, a, a good church should be like a, like a church should be like a regular Christian person. In other words, it should be humble. It should be welcoming. It should be merciful and, and encouraging and compassionate. It should be servant hearted like Jed was talking about. Well, a good blog should be like a good Christian person. Like your blog should be encouraging. It should be compassionate. It should be welcoming. It should be merciful. It should be setting people free. It yeah. should be obsessed with the gospel. You know, whatever, whatever is true about what it means to walk with Jesus for an individual, if you were to translate those principles to your blog, or if you're not writing a blog, but you're going to do a ministry, you know, some, you're going to join up with some ministry or something like that, some kind of outreach, because there might be people listening to this who will never start a blog, but you're wondering, you know, if I'm going to do this other weird ministry in this other area, the same thing applies. So your Amen. ministry or your blog or whatever, it ought to be like a person who is just genuinely walking with Jesus. You should be merciful. You should be full of grace. You should be encouraging. You should care about people, be compassionate, like Jed said, to earn the right to be heard. The basic vanilla stuff about what it means to be somebody that cares about people in Jesus' name, they apply here. And the other thing I would say, I loved what Jed said about reading other people's blogs so that you can see where people are. And the other thing I would say on that is to get out there and know some people in real life so that you also know what's going on like so you can like start to hear like for instance if i read a bunch of blogs and i hear people saying certain things about their struggles with depression and certain like that and and i hear certain phrases over and over again well i want to know what that means and i want to know what they're going through well if you actually know some people in real life some flesh and blood people that you're ministering to and you hear them say the same phrases and then you can spend time with them and you can see their facial expressions or you watch them cry about it or you watch them hurt about it, then you start to learn a whole lot more about what it is that they're going through. So knowing some flesh and blood people in real life that you're serving, that you're taking care of, that you're, that you're praying for, that you're helping walk through their things, that will actually make you a more effective person on your blog or in whatever kind of media that you're working with. If you're a songwriter, if you're a, if you're a, a Christian person that likes to make short films for people's encouragement, whatever kind of ministry you can dream up, any way that you can reach somebody or encourage somebody from the Lord, Make it like a, an individual's walk with the Lord and know some real people with some real hurts and struggles so that you can really get your head around what it is that people are going through. That's a great point, Glenn. Yeah, and I think everything you hear in here is is solid gold. And I, I think uh, you, you may want to kind of grab a pen and paper and kind of take some notes on some of that stuff, maybe replay it because it's really good stuff. Uh, I'll give you three quick do's and three quick don'ts on that. Uh, the, the first one you've heard us talk about before, and uh, you'll notice us doing on a lot of questions, is what we call defanging sin. Uh, what, what we mean by that is uh, people have a way of obsessing over sin. I can be the same way. We're, we're, you, know, you guys aren't the only ones that deal with these kind of things. Uh, but we, we get, we're doing something wrong or we're making some mistake, and we just go nuts over it, and we just, you know, is uh, uh, you you just get to a point of obsession and it's just all about the sin and the sin and sin and sin. What we want to do is just put that in perspective and say, okay, you screwed up. What are you going to do? You're human. Let's move on. Uh, to try and 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 undo that obsession over the sin, so that we can get some wisdom and some perspective on how we stop doing it again. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of saying, "I'm going to use that 
conviction that they feel, and really it's guilt, not conviction that they feel over sin. I mean, use that to manipulate people. If I know people feel bad about looking at porn, I'm going to have, I'm going to start a blog where it's all about porn is bad and you're bad because you look at porn and they, they'll get some numbers off of that and say, Hey, we're doing amazing work. We're making people feel like crud all over the place. It's awesome. You know, (laughs) uh, but what you're doing is just manipulating human emotion. You're not getting forward spiritual growth. So defang that sense. Second thing I would say to, uh, as a do is to break down the lie. Uh, People are trying to move forward in their spiritual walk, and they're stuck. They're stuck on something. The thing they're stuck on is some lie. There's something holding that back. So figure out what that lie is. If it's a lot of times, it pertains to the way they see themselves, the way they see God, the way particularly they see grace. I mean, a lot of the questions I get asked are really misunderstanding of grace and how it works and what goes on with it. Uh, but somewhere in there, there's a lie that um, that they're they're feeding into. If you can find out that lie and break that lie down, uh, then you're able to to put the truth in there. Uh, that's a big difference from just saying sin is bad. And I get right. a lot of sermons that are that, a lot of blog postings that are that, a lot of sin is bad, righteousness is good, and I bet you didn't know that. Well, the third thing I'd say is to do is authenticity. Be real. Be human. Be yourself. Be be a real Christian person with real flaws and real struggles. Right. It, that's do not be. I am a super Christian. I'll tell you how to be super like me. Woo! People do not dig that. They don't get down with that. That's not. Now what happens is you'll get people who are so super polished and super Christian acting. And that other people say, I envy that person being super Christian. Right. So I want to be around that person or I want to read their book or whatever so I can figure out how to be like them. That's envy. But that doesn't mean that they receive what they need to grow. It just means exactly. I, I like an external thing about this person and I want to be able to copy it so other people will be right. envious of me. That's, again, it would appear to give you success, but it won't. Uh, be authentic, be real, be down to earth, be human. It's a lot easier to maintain. None of us is super Christians and all that. Three quick things to don't do. One, just help people. Don't try and blow them away. Yeah. Uh, if you sit down and say, I'm going to write this blog post, it's going to blow people's minds. Uh, you're going to get into trouble one way or another. You're going to get into some bad doctrine. You're going to get into something funky. But the, the, it's all been said. It's all been preached. It's all been blocked about. It, it, you right. know, don't come up with something new. That's bad. That's uh, you, 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 you. If you're preaching a new uh, gospel that no one's ever heard before, you, you're you're getting outside the boundaries of the Bible. There, uh, just help. That's if you have. Jed said servant, and that's exactly right. I'm just going to serve. I'm just going to help people get over. I'm going to just try and nail down this one little thing for this one person and help them get over that. I'm not trying to blow their minds. You know, that's an ego driven thing. Second thing I would say is that don't is don't be the sin police. Yep. Please do not be the sin police. Nobody told you to be the Thank sin you. police. Don't start looking for sins and then pointing at them and going, "Ooh, that's a sin." Because here's the thing: <laughs> whatever direction you point in, sin's happening in that direction. We don't need you to point it out. We already know that it's happening. This serves no purpose, and people don't like you when you do it. Uh, you're not going to have a lot of success as a, as a, as a blogger or, or as Lee is saying with any other kind of ministry, if you do that. And the final thing I would say is, um, don't blog about stuff that, that you're angry about. (laughs) It's just one of those weird things, but nobody wants to hear about what is going on with you uh, and your feelings and your deep thoughts. 
they are coming to that blog to read something about them. They they're they're having right. a struggle. They want to know, can you help me with my struggle? I don't want to hear about your struggle because that's you supposed that's to deal you. with that. Yeah, that's you and me. Uh, but. But sometimes we get uh, wound up about stuff and we feel passionate and say, oh, I can't wait to blog about it and tell the world. And generally speaking, that stuff just strikes the wrong note. People aren't into it. That's a great point. I'm going to move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, lately I've bottled myself up. I can't voice my feelings properly, and it seems as though no one understands. I've grown distant from my friends, and I haven't opened up, opened up to anyone lately. I know they're trying to help, but I don't want it. I'm so frustrated with God and those around me. Our missions trip is coming up, so I've prayed for a softened heart. However, I feel unworthy to serve. I've constantly been struggling with doubt, bitterness, and regret. Am I in a position to serve? Lee, can you kick us off on this one? Yeah, I I definitely can uh, start us off on this one. And I I guess my biggest question is, um, for if if this came from somebody else, if somebody else in your group said to you, uh, you have a hard heart and you are disqualified from serving, um, I would have a question for them, which is, so exactly how sinless and lined out does a person have to do, have to be, to be able to do ministry? Yeah. Yep. Uh, because, um, we're all a mess. You know, when I look at this, uh, when I look at this question and, and I see you say, I can't voice my feelings properly. Okay. I know how that feels. It seems as though no one understands. Yep. I've been there. I've grown distant from my friends. I, yeah, I've done that. Uh, I haven't opened up to anyone lately. Uh, yep. I've d- had a season like that before. I-, I know they're trying to help, but I don't want it. I'm frustrated with God. Oh yeah, baby. I know that one. And I'm frustrated with people around me. I can't even tell you how much I know how that feels. And here's what I'm saying. And, and all of us on this podcast, ministry is our job. We're in a position of having vocational ministry. And we, I can tell you, I, I speak for these guys, all four of us, feel this kind of stuff now all the time. And we have to keep showing up and doing things. Now, here's what I'm saying is, uh, these feelings are normal. These are the kinds of feelings that when you, uh, that a human being feels, you know, doubt and bitterness, regret, all, all that kind of stuff. I think you said it best at the top when you said, lately I've bottled myself up. Let me flip the question on you and ask you this. What if serving Jesus, serving somebody else that's in a hard place is exactly what you need to do to open the bottle up Yeah, yeah, and to change the channel? I mean, right now, everything is focused on your doubts and your regrets and your fears and your anger, you know, all this kind of bitterness and all that kind of stuff. What if the, the, your life right now is so self-focused and I understand how that gets and I understand how easy it is to do that. And what if five minutes spent with somebody else that's got some problems and you let them cry on your shoulder and you just look at them and say, dang, man, that sucks. And, and then they feel really ministered to. What if that changes the whole thing for you? What if everything opens up and all of a sudden you realize God can still use me even if I feel like I'm disqualified? One thing I'd love to point out is that, um, is that when it talks about... there. And there's this weird thing that happens, uh, particularly sometimes with folks that go to uh, seminary, where they'll talk about how they have this like, you know, the, they'll talk about theology and they'll start saying that, that the point of Jesus's miracles in his earthly ministry was to prove his claim as the Messiah. 
that that's why he helped people and that's why he healed people and that's why he cast out demons and stuff like that that they that they that he was authenticating his claim his messianic claims as the son of god and, and he wasn't trying to help anybody he just was trying to right. authenticate things yeah he was authenticating his claim this is a <laughs> this his his miracles were a theological premise you know this was a this was a theological proof and so uh, here's the thing, though. Here's what the scripture says. It says that Jesus looked at the people and he saw them like a sheep without a shepherd and he had compassion on them. And that word compassion, it's a Greek word that refers to the intestines. And it's like, in other words, way down in his guts, he just felt for these people. Like he just, he was just torn up in his stomach about these people. It just, he looked at him and he's just like, man, I just hurt for these people. I know what it feels like to be lonely. I know what it feels like to be dissed. I know what it feels like to wonder where God is. It says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus has been tempted in every way that we have. He, he, we do not have a high priest that doesn't know what it feels like to be human. He has been in our shoes. He know what it, he knows what it's like down here. And his heart of compassion is what brought him into ministry. Look, the things that you're feeling are things that everybody feels. And it's okay to feel that way. In fact, it gives you the right to, to say to somebody, I know that sucks. And I know that's hard. Let me pray for you. I don't have any answers, but I do love you. I actually think that you might be in a really good position to do some ministry. That's an absolutely great point, Glenn. Yeah, I agree with that stuff for sure. I think um, along the lines of what Lee is saying here, it's time to vent. Yeah. Uh, you need to yeah. you need to find someone that you can trust to vent to. Uh, but if you vent to somebody and they're bogus about it, uh, kick them in the shins and move on to the next one. Because yeah. you, you got to find people that you can vent to, people that you can be real with. And there's nothing wrong with, uh, uh, you know, as you say here, they're trying to help, and I don't want it. I I uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. It seems like I did, but a while back I had a, a conversation with a pastor, and he said, I'm going to complain about a lot of things going on with me, and I don't want any advice. <laughs> I said, okay. And he did. He, he vented for about half an hour. I sat and listened. I said, man, I'm real sorry to hear that, man. I, uh, yeah, I got you back. Anything I can do for you, I'd love to do it. You know, And it was quiet for about 30 seconds and I was like okay what do you think you know so that you know eventually we got to that place but I totally understand that idea of hey I I, I because there has to be we the the problem has to come out yeah. first before we can right. fix it don't I I get that you don't want it fixed because the problem ain't you know seeing the light because there's a lot of levels and permutations to this and wrinkles and whatever and manifestations what you got to vent about all of it. You got to complain about it. You got to gripe about it. You got to get it out. You got to say, this is driving me crazy. And this is the, because what you're going to find when you do that is you start peeling off layers. You know, so you say, I'm mad about this. And someone say, well, why are you mad about that? Well, it's really because of this other thing. And then you, you, you sort of dig down through those layers and you find out there's one thing that triggered this thing yeah. way back, whatever. And it's just manifesting itself as all these other things. So what I'm trying to say is, is the, the, the venting and griping allows you to find the thing you need to fix. So therefore, it's a, an essential part of that process. But you know what? Christians don't like to vent because it's not Christian to vent, y'all. <laughs> and that would be my second piece of advice is stop trying to be Christian. That's what's yeah. killing you. 
Forget about that. Just be a Christ follower that is real and human and that is you and just that's it. It looks like whatever it looks like. It works however it works. Uh, but have a mentality of I'm going to be real. I mean, really, really real with God. And I'm going to be real with, a, again, maybe an inner circle that I can trust where I can vent to them. But you need to vent to God the same way. And you need to go to God and say, I'm really frustrated with this. I don't know what's going on. I want to give that up to you. You know, you say, well, I, I need to have a softened heart. I don't think you do. That's a bad idea. You know, if you're hurting, the last thing you want to do is like soften up your heart so you more stuff can happen to it. Uh, that's, uh, you know, right now, uh, what you need to do is, is again, it's, it's like, a, it's like popping a pimple. You got to get all the, you got to squeeze it and get all the, the, you know, <laughs> My my compatriots are giving me dirty looks, but you know you know what I mean. I'm saying you, know, you get you know. You, I have to imagine that's nothing compared to the looks that are happening with, from people with earbuds in right now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you know, but you got you got to pop that pebble, get all get all the nasty stuff out of there, so that we can bring healing in, so we can have some restoration. Sure, spiritual proactive, Jed. <laughs> well, uh, what both Glenn and and Lee have already told you is good stuff. Let me see if I can bring that together a little bit. Um, I think. Let me say this. Mission trips are awesome, uh, and they're great. We've all, on this podcast, we've all been on them. But there's only there's there's one kind of key problem with mission trips is that they bear zero resemblance to just normal life living as a Christian. Hello. Right. And it kind of creates a culture where um, we're all going to be, like, really holy and well-behaved and really more sanctified than we actually are for you know the week or two weeks the duration of this missions trip and we're going to have some mountaintop experiences and then we're going to come back to real life now understand i've been on missions trips i've enjoyed missions trips all of us on this podcast have there's nothing wrong with missions trips they do a lot of good but the question i want to ask you as you look to move forward here is can god handle your regular life Mm. see what i hear you describing is something where you seem to see yourself kind of like an athlete that's training for a meet and you got to get in really, really good shape so you can perform well. And you're wondering, am I too far gone to get in good enough shape for the meet? And what I want to know is, can God handle the flabby you? Hello. Can God handle the you that's out of shape and eats Twinkies Mm -hmm. and smokes half a pack a day and, uh, you know, has too much red meat and, uh, really can't make it up over that, uh, that hurdle. Yeah. Can, can God handle and use that one? Because the thing is, again, mission strips are lovely, but man, real life is the other 51 weeks out of the year. And that's mm-hmm. that's where you live. And I think we have to ask, can God handle a you that's pissed about stuff? Can God handle a you that's frustrated? Can God handle a you that thinks about half of what goes on at church is just ridiculous? Can God handle that guy? I think you know already that he can, but you have to discover that for yourself. And I'd like to tell you part of the way you discover that. I have, in, in both as a volunteer and, and now for the last many years as, as a person working in ministry, I've been privileged to be involved in feeding hungry people, uh, visiting people who are sick, uh, helping to uh, obtain housing for people who are homeless. And I've never had a person who's hurting and in need stop me and say, now before I receive assistance from you, 
Do you have any secret sins in your <laughs> yeah. life? What's your prayer uh, life look like? Do, can, have you taken a fearless moral inventory recently? Yeah. And if so, can I have your pastor comment to me on it before I receive this plate of baked beans from you? Yeah. Nobody does that. Right. It turns out people who are hungry would like something to eat. Yes. It ain't about you right. or me. Yes. People who are sleeping out in the cold would like a warm bed. And I don't really care if you've been looking at naughty stuff online. It's not about you. It's not about me. But... When we enter into that work of on a regular basis serving people who are doing without, I think it changes our perspective on how God feels about both them and us. Because it starts to give us a sense of priority, of what really, really matters. If, if the homeless guy is concerned about the fact that you're there in Jesus' name to give him something to eat, and that understand, that's what he's concerned about, just so we're all clear. Is it possible that God thinks that's a little bit more important than you being frustrated about stuff. Right. In other words, in your question, you're describing, I got to have my attitude perfect. I got to have my thought life perfect. I got to have everything perfect. And then we can look at living it out. And what I want to know is what if God wants to start with the living it out and then we'll deal with some of that other stuff along the way. I think you need to ask, can God deal with the real you? Can right. God deal with the you that has a bad attitude, that's in a bad mood, that feels cranky? The truth is he can, but you need to let him prove that to you. I'd encourage you not on your missions trip, in your real life, go find some people who are hurting, find a way to serve them. Find some people who are doing without, find a way to hook that up, and I think you'll begin to experience God in some new ways. That's absolutely a great point. We're going to move on to our last question here. It also came in anonymous with our anonymously to our Tumblr. Mm. Those aren't words I say every week, so you can understand how it'd be odd for me to try to put that combination of words together. Sure. Sure. All right. All that stuff I said. Then the question says, I'm really struggling with comparing myself to others. It's so easy to convince myself that everyone is happier than I am, and it usually feels as if everyone, if everyone else's dreams are coming true except mine. I feel that this is an, an unhealthy train of thought to keep having because I only feel discouraged and like I failed, but I don't know how to break out of it. Any advice for fighting it off, Glenn? No, because it's all true. We're all having a better time than you. Our, all of our dreams are coming true. Our lives are amazing. Right now in this moment, we're <laughs> sipping martinis and lighting cigars with $100 bills as we cackle to ourselves. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, okay, it sounds laughable when I say it out loud. I hope you're laughing because, you know, <laughs> bless your heart. Uh, but you this, hope they weren't listening. Go, I knew it. I, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> Finally, right. he admitted it. Yeah. This, and I would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing is, uh, it's a lie. It sounds stupid when I say it out loud. It sounds laughable when I say it out loud because it's a lie. It's a dumb lie. Uh, besides, even if it were true, it'd make no sense whatsoever. If you're a lie, if you're, everyone else's life is better than yours, you would drop the this drain on your emotional energy and go about having a better life so uh mm. all of this is um everything about it is wrong dumb stupid lie evil bad wrong cannot help there's nothing about it to solve yeah there's no how do i sort out the truth from the lies man it's that's not what this is it's all bs it's all, and and as you guys know uh, I came up with this term that BS means biblically specious. Uh, that's pretty clever. Yeah. That's, that's good impressive. stuff. Okay, I stole it from Matt. But anyway. It's all in the delivery, folks. Exactly right. It's all in delivery, y'all. But here's the thing is it, when something is a lie, 
you don't negotiate with that. You don't try and solve the puzzle right. of it. You don't try and work it out. And this is what I'm going to say is going to be true for people who are dealing with addictions, with any kind of obsessive thinking, with any kind of uh, big league insecurity, those kinds of things, body image issues, whatever. What you're stuck on is something where a little bit of that will always seem true. You know it to be a lie, but you always have some little piece of evidence that will make it seem true. If you're down on your body image, you'll look at yourself in a certain mirror, a certain kind of way, and you'll see a certain thing. You say, well, that's not perfect, so I must be hideous, whatever. There's always some little piece of evidence that will support this lie. But if it's a lie, you understand, here's what you do, and and this is going to be complicated, so try and hang on. You drop it. When it's a lie, you drop it. There's not a method to that. You drop it. You say, this is a lie. I'm, I'm holding this. I've been carrying this bag of rocks around for a long time. I'm going to drop it. There's no, we can't give you a methodology for that because it's a decision. It's not a thing that you do. The tough part is not the dropping it part. Bless your heart. The tough part is keeping it dropped. Yeah. And that's what we want to try and help you with on this question. And the way to keep it dropped uh, and you've heard us give advice similar to this before, but the way that you keep it dropped is to reverse this whole thing around. In other words, uh, if you said, I need to encourage other people, I need to help other people have better lives, I need, it, rather than sitting around saying, everyone has a better life than me, my life is no good. It's not about you, it's not about your life, it's about them, it's about giving, it's about uh, you know, lifting other people up. So if you re- reverse all this around and say, how can I give that thing that I'm, craving for myself and I think I don't have if I give that away I, I'm going to be blessing all these other people and I can identify with them pretty easily because I know what it's like to feel as though my life isn't going right. very well that puts you in a prime position to do a great deal of good and by loving them and ministering to them you're going to end up saying to them the thing that you need to repeat back to yourself that is to say for all of us on this podcast when we're you know, saying all this deep spiritual stuff, all those words convict us and come back and, and we have to remind ourselves of the things that we say to you. So if you're trying to help somebody out and say, no, your life has, is great, it has potential, and don't look at the other people. Other, everybody in this world is going through their own private little hell. That's just reality. So don't envy other people. You got to be you. You got to do your thing. Uh, you're going to build those people up and support them, and you're going to be able to turn around and use that same advice to help you out. Absolutely, Judd. Well, I agree with everything Glenn said for sure. And, and just so you know, uh, we really appreciate you writing in, and we're sorry you're having a, a tough time. Um, you know, this stuff, we've, yeah. we've all been there. I mean, we've all had that moment of, you know, hating where we're at and looking around and feeling like everybody else has got it easier. Even, we know it's not true, but we've all had that moment, and, and it sucks, and we're sorry that you're having to deal with it. Um, I think that the real question uh, we've got to ask, you know, just to build on what Glenn's saying is, what are you going to do about it? Um, you, you got a problem and, um, you've got to decide, am I interested in solving this problem? Am I interested in doing something about this problem or am I interested in, um, just kind of wallowing in it? Um, it's bad to say it, 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 it's crappy that it's true, but most people wallow in their problems. Uh, most people are not interested in, in fixing their problems. I got together with, uh, long-term buddy of mine, um, this is a while ago now, but it was a little bit after my birthday, and uh, um, 
my wife had given me uh, uh, a new video game for my birthday, and uh, uh, this uh, buddy of mine um, uh, is uh, a dude is very comfortable. In uh, <laughs> at one point, he asked me you know, how to get you anything for your birthday. I said, oh yeah, he got me this video game. It's cool, and uh, he says, oh, it must be nice having that that cool new video game. Would- now, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with American. <laughs> A white people polite speak. Comfortable means has a lot of money. Yeah, he 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 has a good job, makes a lot a lot of money. He can he can buy many video games. Said video game system costs roughly two hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, must be must be nice to have that. With no sense, he's not joking. This, right. You know this yeah. this is deadly serious. And the, you know in that moment, of course, the thing in my brain is then go buy one. Right. What, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. dude, what's what's right. your deal? But the truth is, all of us do that all the time. All of us look around and think, say, it must be nice, mm. you know, being like that, having yeah. that. Do something about it. Right. You know, uh, the truth is, if we want to give true confessions here, God is prepared to bless me far more than I am willing to be blessed. Yes. Hello. On any given day, he has far more good stuff for me to take a hold of than I am willing to take a hold of. Yeah. I, I see a lot of posts and a lot of comments on uh, social media, and particularly Tumblr, of people saying, where is God? Why won't he just come through? Why won't he just bless me? Why won't he just, you know, do something for me? I, just, I need something to happen. And I got to tell you, in my experience, and maybe it's different for you, but in my experience, the hold up consistently is me. Yeah. God, God's not the one holding up the show. He's, he has he may not be saying yes to the one thing that I'm obsessed right, with. Right, that's right, right, but right. But he's saying yes to other things, and I'm the one saying. No. And I'm not I'm not interested in that because you're not giving me the one thing I want. Exactly yeah. right. All I want is Scarlett Johansson to drive up to my house in a Lamborghini holding a pile of money. Why can't God just make that happen? <laughs> he just doesn't it's care. It's like he doesn't care, Jed. It's like he doesn't care. He just wants to give me peace and joy. What's that about? <laughs> That's not what I asked for at all. <laughs> okay, so what what do we, if we decide, if you're listening to this and you're feeling convicted, and maybe you should, uh, what what do we do now? Here, here's what I would encourage you to do, is there's a great, there's a famous thing, particularly in addiction recovery, called the serenity prayer. And it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's where you're at. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. Make a list of things, just a piece of paper, and list out everything in your life that you're unhappy with, that you're dissatisfied right. with. Be detailed. Go nuts. You know, get buy a journal and write it all down. Now go through and assign each item on that list a category. Something that you cannot change. You have no power over it. Things like that would be how tall you are. Right. You have no power over that. You have zero ability over that. Uh, versus things that you do have some ability to change. For example, I hate my college major. You have power to change that. Go through and make that list and then start looking at why aren't you making the changes that you do have the power over? Mm -hmm. What stands in the way? Is is it uh, money? Is it a sense of feeling the permission to do something about that? Is it a fear of the consequences of what would happen? And then... Is it spending all your time focusing on the list of things you can't change? Uh, yeah. Matt, that sounds far too accurate. Oh, that, it could be that. <laughs> yeah. And then if you really want to actually see change in your life, take that list and sit down with a pastor or a mentor and say, mm-hmm. look, the, all these things drive me crazy, but I can do something about these things. Will you help me start that process? Yeah. Would you, if nothing else, would you hold me accountable and give me a second opinion and, and just a sense of encouragement and love? There are changes you can make in your life today that will make you happy, that you'll be glad you did. We want to see you do that. God wants to see you do that. Those changes can start right now today. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in case you're going to go home and Google this later, you want the serenity prayer, not the serenity now prayer. That's a different thing. <laughs> yes. Not as helpful. Yes. Serenity now, George. Insanity later. Ah, oh, the 90s were great. Lee? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I agree with everything that these two brothers have said, and and, uh, and and there's not a whole lot of meat left on the bone. This is a, the, the stuff that they've told you is fantastic stuff. I'll just throw a couple of things out there, just a couple little practical things. One thing that you need to know about um, comparison is that the people that you are uh, jealous of, they're not those people. Yeah. Um, when you look at somebody's life and you say, like, for instance, let's just take a, a, for example, let's say that you have like a really terrible home life. Like you're, you're, you have a terrible relationship with your parents and then you have a friend who, um, who's just seems to have a great relationship with their parents. And what can happen is, and what the devil will do is the devil will tell you everything in their life is perfect and everything in your life sucks yep. because look at their relationship with their parents. And that's a part of your life that you really, really hate. And it's a part of their life that they seem to have something in an area that you don't. The thing is, is that just because they seem to have a nice relationship with their parents, that doesn't mean that every single thing in their life is beautiful and perfect and they have no problems. It's just that there's this one thing that really bothers you that's not, it's, they're not in the same situation as you. Uh, the, the people that you're jealous of, it, you know, maybe you're, maybe, or the, you're comparing yourself to, maybe they look in a way that you want to look, but what if they have all kinds of problems that you don't know anything about. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. is, is that, that people, uh, everybody, like, like Glenn said, everybody has their own little personal hell that they live in. I was listening to an episode of, uh, of a podcast called, uh, it was a podcast about the Ted talks and the, and it was about, um, the episode was about, uh, what is beauty? And one of the people that they interviewed was this lady who had been like a, a supermodel. And she and she was giving this uh, this TED talk to all these people about the life of a supermodel. And one of the things that she said was, she said, "Okay, I have a job where I basically just won the genetic lottery." And the thing that nobody knows about my industry, she said, is that every single person in this industry, every single person that's a model or a supermodel, they are the most insecure human beings who have ever lived ever. She said, all of my colleagues were the most, they hated themselves. They hated to look in the mirrors. They were, I mean, they dreaded the idea of looking at proofs, looking at photos. They were the most insecure people, constantly obsessed with their image and all that kind of stuff, especially because they were making money off of it. So that's one thing is that the people that you're comparing yourself to, they're not those people. They're not who you think they are. And they have tons of issues and problems as well. And then the last thing that I would say on this this is just gets into a real practical thing, kind of like Jeb was saying with the list of what can I change, what can I not change. Ask yourself this. If you didn't have this issue, this comparison thing or this insecurity, what would you do if you weren't down about this? And I'm not saying just that you can just automatically emotionally pull yourself out of this. I'm just saying if you could daydream about what would I do with my time, with my life? What would I ask the Lord to let me be a part of if this wasn't a factor for me? In other words, if I had no problems with comparison, if I had no problems with whatever it is, body image or issues or whatever, if that wasn't an issue for me, I'm just going to daydream for a minute that I didn't care about that at all, or that wasn't a struggle with for me at all. What would I do? Yeah. Like, 
Who would I care about? And what would I do to try to reach them or love them? What would God want to do with me? If you could imagine, and I'm not saying you need to feel it. I'm just saying, if you can imagine, what would my heart care about, beat for? What what would I want to do with my time in my life, ministry-wise or otherwise, with, with my love? What kind of a burden would I have if I didn't care about this? And then... Ask the Lord to give you the courage to tie up your shoes and go try to do that thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying right now, this moment. I'm saying make a plan this week. Right now, what would I do if I didn't care about this? And then ask the Lord to give you the courage to get up, get dressed, tie up your shoes, and go try that thing. I think what you would find is that this whole deal might be just kind of an area of spiritual warfare, that it's kind of a, it's an attack of the enemy, like these guys, like Glenn and Jed have said before, that's eggshell thin. You'll break right through it if you just go ahead and do the thing the Lord is calling you to do, despite the way that you feel. Absolutely great point. All right, if you have a question for us, you can reach us at podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. I want to remind you, we have a, another podcast called The Bridge, which is doing very Woo! well. It's notable. Woo! Quiet. Been declared notable. Whoa, notable. There you go. Features songs produced by both Jed and Lee and Glenn doing preaching and some readings, and on the occasional off week, I'll do some preaching, and we apologize for that, but a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Uh, all that's from our bridge box. All that's a lot of preview stuff from our bridge box service. Leave a review. Leave a review. About 20, min- 20, 25 minutes. A nice little digital worship service. Comes out every Monday to start your week off. Speaking of leaving a review, we'd like to thank some people who left reviews for this little program. Woo! Woo! We got, there's a, a couple backlogged here, so I'm going to read this off real quick. We got Casus. Woo! We got PTKL81. Woo! We got Little Marimo. Woo! Got Christian Pod Fan. Woo! Woo! Got Obsessed Sim. So all good stuff. All left five star reviews. So we owe you favors now. That's unfortunate for us, but also we got it. a very nice note from the a person with a Tumblr handle, Polar Jelly. This is true. It's a little bit provocative. Gets the people going. What? <laughs> I just don't have anything to say after that. So thank you for listening. Even though Glenn says things like that occasionally. <laughs> So, The Bridge Podcast, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, only $8 a month, lots of good stuff. You want to support us. We appreciate you listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Be cool, likely, a sign up for Bridgebox. Bridgebox.